Good afternoon. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, coming to you live from Franklin, Indiana, on the campus of Franklin College. And we're happy that you're here with us. This is my first broadcast, new broadcast, as officially uh, uh, having an iTunes podcast. So we now have an iTunes podcast under the education category. Very proud of that. And we're also uh, available, can be listened to on the Sound Pro. Uh, so please uh, come back and visit us. Uh, we're having at least one show a month and sometimes two. Uh, our next show, um, or one of the soon-to-be shows, will be coming to you live from Havana, Cuba. And so don't miss that. That's going to be quite a nice show. Um, today we have as our guest um, two professors uh, from Franklin College, uh, Dr. Sarah Alsop, uh, Dr. Sarah Colburn Alsop, actually, and uh, Dr. Dan Alsop. They're both relatives of mine. One of them, Dan, is my son, and my daughter-in-law is Sarah. And they're going to talk to us today about liberal arts and um, what liberal arts means to them and to their college, which happens to be a liberal arts school, Franklin College, located in Franklin, Indiana. And they're going to talk to us about that, and we're happy they're here because Franklin, Indiana has one of the top liberal arts uh, colleges in the state of Indiana, ranking up in the top uh, with the top uh, five or six schools in the state of Indiana. Good morning. Good afternoon, rather. Uh, how are you? Good afternoon. Thank you for inviting us, Tom. You're welcome. Good afternoon, Dan. How are Hello you? Hello there. Good. It's Ready. a pretty hot day here in Franklin, in Franklin, Indiana. The temperature is going to go up to 95. So uh, we're happy that we're inside in air-conditioned uh, environs. Um, I was going to read to the listeners uh, some information I found out. Uh, this was done by the Modern Language Association recently on the English or Foreign Language Major in Liberal Education. Study in language, this article uh, says, literature and culture, has long been a defining feature of education in the liberal arts. Speaking, reading, and writing have traditionally stood at the heart of education because the arts of language and the tools of literacy are key qualifications for full participation in social, political, economic, and cultural life. Today, the hallmarks of a liberal education, communication, critical analysis, and creativity are more important than ever as prerequisites for success in life. A college education should develop students' abilities to think critically and analytically and to communicate knowledge and understanding effectively. The skills underlying these abilities require constant practice and should form the base of the undergraduate experience across all disciplines. To write clearly, to speak articulately, to read closely, to evaluate and present evidence accurately, to use quantitative data precisely, to apply reasoning correctly, to engage with artistic creation and expression imaginatively, and to work both independently and collaboratively. Um, what do you think of those, uh, that, those ideas, Sarah? I think that those are great ideas. I think in any, different, any type of work you go into, you have to have those skills. And in this era that we're in with the ever-changing technology and positions changing constantly, those are the kinds of things you absolutely have to be able to use and adapt and will help you adapt to whatever your position will be. This is uh, some more information from that article. 
to become informed global citizens. Students need to meet the broad educational objectives that undergird liberal education. To engage with people across a range of languages, histories, traditions, and the ways of seeing, to experience people in places that are different and distant from those of their families or home communities, to apply moral reasoning to ethical problems, to understand environmental challenges. Dan, what, what's your take on liberal education? One of the things that, I think that was more so in the first part, but I mean, the idea of reasoning, um, and at Franklin we feel like this is part of what we're trying to do, you know, is to, um, talking about being an ethical person, talking about um, respecting the dignity of all individuals, so on and so forth, uh, that's, that's a really important uh, mindset to have regardless of what you do, whether that be something that, um, you know, you're in a profession that comes more naturally out of the humanities or it comes more naturally out of some other area. Um, but I, it, it's something that's uh, really important for all of us to be thinking about what are, the, what are the consequences of our actions? How can we be responsible in whatever we end up doing um, over the course of our lifetime? So it could fit into the global education idea of, of all disciplines, right? So that somebody may be a doctor, going to be a doctor, or a lawyer, or a businessman. But how wonderful it would be if the businessman has an education grounded in liberal education, right? That uh, to see the world in a different way, uh, to learn how communities of people live and language is spoken, uh, to make um, the chances for peace in the future perhaps a lot easier. Does that go on at Franklin College? Well, I mean, some of the um, hallmark pieces of our mission statement are understanding, respecting, interacting with diversity, uh, as I mentioned, um, respecting the dignity of each individual, um, respecting faith traditions, and so on and so forth. And so I think that goes without saying, and, and there is a piece of that that's, uh, again, being, a, you know, applying an ethical framework, an ethical thinking to whatever you do in life. And so I think that just makes people... Um, they're, they're going to be more positive contributors to their communities, whether they be more localized or more globalized, um, for having that awareness um, from that can come through a, a wide range of different disciplines that they will study because that being another hallmark of the liberal arts, right? It's getting, some, getting exposure, getting um, engaging with a variety of different areas. So I'm thinking about something that could be languages. Um, it could come from um, taking courses in philosophy and religion and so on and so forth. And so those those things can all be applied, as you said, to this whole variety of things that people may do. Sarah, this is a, an interesting question. Do you think that colleges today are, are including liberal arts enough into the educational programs or is there a need for that in colleges in general i'm not referring to franklin college mm -hmm. 
which is a more a, obviously a liberal arts college. But what about uh, other colleges that maybe aren't uh, liberal arts colleges? What about an engineering school? What about uh, a medical school? Um, is there a need for liberal arts involvement in those type of schools as well? I think when you're talking about those types of specialized schools, um, that the liberal arts foundation, that first four years of undergraduate work, will only be able to help those people think critically, which is super important. And I don't know that we are doing enough with that today overall to get people to understand how to think critically so that no matter what they do, if they are going into engineering or they're going into medicine or they're going into law, this world is ever changing. But if you have these, these skills, the, the set of skills you will get as a liberal arts from the liberal arts foundation, you will be able to think differently and think about how to adapt to all the different changing situations you'll, you'll confront in life I mean, and in your job. So within that, you have, for example, an education that promotes thinking creatively, working with people uh, in different groupings, mm, solving problems, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So I think, uh, and, and which was part of what you read was this idea of being able to communicate effectively and directly with a wide range of audiences, whether that be in one language or more than one language, right? But these, these are some of the, the hallmark skills and tools and ways of thinking that a traditional liberal arts approach is trying to encourage. So that perhaps in other departments or areas outside of liberal arts, they, the, the students would have a chance to uh, explore. They would explore taking philosophy classes perhaps or world language classes and English literature and, and developing their creativity in a different way so that when they attack medicine, problems are going to have later on maybe uh, dealing with patients or engineers uh, designing materials, that this knowledge of the people base, of connecting with people, becomes a huge, huge point. So my next question is, why aren't we doing more of liberal arts? Is it a money factor? Does it mean that, what if we said that colleges, universities would be seven years of study instead of four? That we said we'd move it up seven years and we include in that range of uh, medicine, uh, law, pre-law, um, and um, the um, other disciplines, engineering, whatever, mathematics, that we say we're going to take time for liberal arts and so we're going to have a seven-year program. Not doable today. But is there a way it could be doable, you think, if the government, the federal government, got involved in education in a positive vein? Or if we, if we said um, um, that um, there would be more input uh, to bring the cost down of education, perhaps the federal government would help with that. Uh, is there a way that could be done or not? I have no idea. Uh... If you're going to make if you're going to make education seven years, then I think that the price tag is going to go up on it unless the whole system is overhauled. But I, you know, I don't have enough knowledge.
knowledge to be able to, to speak to that. Um, you know, the, uh, a liberal arts institution like the one that we have, traditionally a private institution, traditionally more expensive um, than state colleges and other types of programs that are out there, the way we view that is, A, it's an investment in your future. You're getting, um, through the liberal arts approach, uh, skills that are legitimate skills and uh, thought, right, what we call attitudes, I think, attitudes and approaches that will pay off for you in anything that you can do um, perhaps will give you a leg up on some competition for certain types of uh, employment. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, many liberal arts institutions like our own give out uh, a significant amount of money in financial aid and attempt to defray mm -hmm. some of that cost. So, there could be an extension maybe of a year could it be a five-year program, let's say, which perhaps could take place. Um, the reason I say these things is I sometimes find in education, and, and myself after doing teaching for many years, is I find that uh, sometimes in education uh, we don't really do a lot of changing, you know, that we seem to... Uh, be happy with the status quo sometimes and I wonder if we shouldn't be moving more in a positive vein to supporting liberal arts educations and the idea of creativity and seeing the world through all these different beautiful colors instead of being on the, this one-way street sometimes that we get into in education uh, and especially in the colleges I think probably more than the high schools although the high schools as well, we, we talk about STEM, the STEM programs, and uh, which are okay, but uh, not okay without a good dose, perhaps, of liberal arts and some of the things that liberal arts uh, uh, stands for. Um, Sarah, what about Franklin College, and where does where where do the the courses fit in liberal arts? What kind of uh, arrangement is there for liberal arts study? in another area, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, a lot of students come in saying, I'm going to study medicine, going to study law. Their parents, you know, urge them to, to start formulating how they're going to do a career from the get-go. And that's super important. I'm not taking anything away from that. But I think what we do well at Franklin is within the first two years, particularly the first year, we're heavy on you taking exploratories, courses in all the different areas, so philosophy and religion, international, diversity, um, lang uh, literature, history, so that you get a broad base of different areas, the so-called soft skills, that will inform when you actually go at the sophomore level, junior year, senior year, into a more specific career. Um, and I think when you look at students who have done liberal arts, they, they get most excited when they're able to make all the connections. Maybe it happens in one course, but they're like, oh, we talked about this in philosophy and religion, and here we are in biology. So when they can make those connections, overall, long-term, those are going to be skills that they will be able to rely on again and again. Um, I would say the exploratories, and then they are, we have them 
select, they get to choose different type courses in all the different areas. So often what happens when you're working with advisees is they come in and they say, I'm going to do medicine. Don't do as well in biology. Don't do as well in chemistry. But because they were taking sociology and they're interested in leadership, they're now thinking nonprofit. And that's a, that's a real benefit to somebody who, if you go into a field and you're not sure about it, you have time with liberal arts to, to think about it. Do I really want to do this? Or, wait, I'm taking this other course in this other area and I'm really enjoying it. Maybe I'm going to go this way. So that's, that's actually a plus, I think. Now, what about world language at Franklin College, Dan? How does that fit into liberal arts? Well, I would say there's a couple of different ways that you can look at that. Um, the first one, which is like some of the stuff that you read from the uh, website at the beginning of the broadcast, is that, you know, it's clearly, depending on how far you go in it, it is learning another mode in which to communicate. So you can speak to that many more thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people in the world, depending on, right? Um, and therefore, it can be a vehicle to become more engaged with people that are different, to become more engaged with different cultures, different forms of diversity. Um, as we know, language courses, language courses typically include significant amount of cultural content. So they're also sort of inherently making people more culturally aware, right, of people from different areas of the world, right, through their customs, through their literature, and so forth, so on and so forth. So we have those ways, and of course, sort of the ultimate thing, one of the ultimate goals that we have, for example, in a modern languages department, which is something that we, we are also very excited about as a whole at Franklin College, is, you know, getting students to extend their education by doing some form of study abroad, whether it's short-term or long-term, and that's sort of like the optimal conditions for not only, in most cases, improving your language if you're in language studies, but also then going out and making the real connections with people and societies and cultures um, that we, you know, we think also it builds the cultural understanding that you can then come back and apply regardless of what you do, to the diverse interactions you will have and whatever your future holds for you. So, I mean, they're, they're sort of, they're, they're going hand in hand, right? It's just a, a, a you know, very complementary. So, the idea of, of, of world language study, studying uh, abroad, uh, and um, really, really living the culture by being in the countries, do you think we do enough of that, Sarah? Is there enough of that? Do the universities around the country push this enough? And my other question is, should we doing, be doing a lot more in high school, in the high schools, to get our kids um, studying maybe for a, a month, maybe for a month, or uh, perhaps uh, four or five weeks in, uh, in another country? Is that? Uh... I think, I mean, obviously, I think we have the stereotype, and frankly, it's kind of warranted that we are monolingual. So, of course, I, as, especially as somebody in language, I'm going to say it's highly advisable, if not obligatory, at least from my standpoint, that you go somewhere 
that is outside your comfort zone. You will learn so much, and you will also be able to apply that long-term in terms of the diverse right. people you work with. Now, here's an interesting question. What about, and I, and I mentioned this before a little bit, about education, that we tend to keep doing things over and over sometimes in, in, in the high schools, colleges, elementary schools, and we never really venture and risk take perhaps enough. But suppose that we had a requirement in all schools at the high school level that students had to spend uh, three or four weeks in one summer of all their four high school years studying and living with a family in another country. Uh, and the same of, of college. Students get to college, there's a requirement that you spend uh, uh, two months studying and living with a family in another country. So by the time the students would graduate, we would have uh, students who were well-versed on cultures of the world. Do you think that would help in politically in our country? Because today, for example, we're so, um, we're so, we have these dual political ideas in our culture, it seems. We have the people on the left, the liberals, we have the conservatives on the right, and we don't have uh, many people in the middle that, that are able to, uh, to be able to deal with some of the things that we have maybe, and maybe the people on the right and on the left would come together more if we would get uh, some uh, views of the world as it really is. Not from the mouths of politicians, but from our own people, because we took the time to be interested in these cultures of the world. And uh, it's something, it seems like it wouldn't be terribly difficult. It would be so enriching for the families and the students and the students to do these things. And uh, is there a place for that still, you think? Or is it, uh, are people, Dan, what do you think? Are people too um, immersed in other things and they don't view it as being important? The, the idea of traveling and studying in another culture, uh, could we be doing a lot more of that, or, or are we doing enough? Well, I mean, I would be all for some sort of requirement um, at some level that people do that, even if it's a short-term requirement. Um, I think there's very, there are, to my knowledge, places that do that. I think it's a limited number of places. Now, how that how you actually accomplish that again, I, I don't know uh, exactly. So, but I think it certainly would be fantastic. What I can tell you is that Franklin, we've got lots of opportunities and options to get students abroad for different types of experiences, um, for different lengths of time in a variety of places around the globe, from three week type um, short term immersion led by faculty members to a more traditional uh, semester or a year independently abroad. So we have a significant number of um, financial aid scholarship type offerings to try to reduce costs for that because if there is um, sort of a, a close to universal impediment for students to do that, that frequently is what it is. Uh, we, including we have a wonderful program 
called the International Honors Experience, where students take an honors seminar course that's team taught on an international topic, uh, and they do research, which they present in a public forum on campus uh, at the end of the semester they take the course, and if they get at least a B minus in the course, they get, uh, again, a significant amount of funding um, to offset the costs of, of going abroad. So, you know, and at Franklin, at least, I can speak of from firsthand experience, you know, we tell students that please, regardless of what your mindset is when you come in here, whether it's economic, whether it's I don't think I have time for this because XX and X and I need to get through as quickly as I can so I can, you know, get out and start earning a living, um, we tell them, you need, this is really something valuable, you need to slow down and think about it, there, there must be a way to do it, even if you have to get creative, uh, there is funding available, um, and the, really, at that age, that's the, the best time to do it because, you know, you're not encumbered by family and children and, you know, this, that's really the time to do it. And the educational value is, you know, it's massive. Uh, the, the personal growth value is, is incredible. Um, and we would say to a student, regardless, all of our students, even if they're not a language student, go somewhere. I tell my students that are in my beginning language classes, many of whom are just trying to meet a requirement that don't in, intend to do long-term study in foreign language, I say, go somewhere, doesn't matter what language they speak, go to another country, have an abroad experience, you will not regret it, you will say it was one of the best things that you ever did. So, that uh, that's well, well said. And uh, um, Sarah, probably if you had to summarize maybe in three sentences, uh, why you, you see it as important to have uh, um, world travel is, is high in the, in the uh, realm of uh, liberal arts education for students. Why would you say today in this political environment we're in, why would, why would it help people had they traveled to deal with some of the things going on in our political environment. Firstly, I think you learn so much about yourself when you're outside of your own microcosm and you're dealing with people who view things in different ways, but what you'll quickly learn is that although we may view things differently, we're inherently very similar. And I think that it's the commonalities that bind us and, and from there, the differences should just be something that you celebrate. So that we're all human beings. We're all human and beings. And everybody every day has to work. There people are trying to work, make a living for their family, trying to to be able to, to buy food and live a decent life. And what about peace? Do you think we would have more world peace if we had more world travel by students? Would they see things in a different vein maybe that they could help politically someday? that we, maybe we could uh, reduce chances of war, et cetera, if people had more uh, cultural awareness, do you think? Dan? Well, I mean, theoretically, yes, but one of the things that you have to have with all people, right, is at some point you have to understand if, I find that a lot of students of current recent generations, including the current generation, a lot of them are actually kind of apolitical, and I think part of the reason is, is because they have a very disillusioned view of our political system in this country, 
where they have this idea of like we can't really influence anything and the big guys up in the halls of power aren't, aren't they don't listen to us anyway and they never make any progress it's just the same old thing that they argue and they never get anything done so you know i don't know i think two things would be I think in some cases it depends some of the things that students tell us, and of course this depends on where you go, but you, you can go to certain countries or cultures where talking about politics is a normal thing and people argue about politics and then when the argument's over they're still friends. And I think you know maybe that's the idea of some a level of civil discourse where we understand that we you know because right now for Excellent. a lot of people yes politics is a yes. taboo thing because you know again you talked about the polarization and nobody wants to make anybody mad um, but then nobody's actually talking across ideas um, which so, is 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 the biggest probably the largest uh, problem today the biggest problem in the political arena is that. You just, that that's outstanding. But, but I think some uh, of the students can learn when they have to interact with that. We have students that come back from certain countries and they tell us that the first thing they asked me about was, what do you think about your government's decision to do X? And that, for many students, that's very uncomfortable because A, right, I mean, they may have a positive or negative reaction depending on what X was, and B, they may not be very informed about what X is. So I think some of them have this understanding of as again as being a more world citizen they they understand the way that politics particularly in a country that's powerful as ours is not something that just stays within our borders goes throughout the world and they some of them see the need to be more informed um some of them if they go to countries that are at a lower um development level i think it really changes their viewpoint of this idea of you know, they realize the standard of living that we have here and that we have certain types of things that we sort of complain about where, you know, I don't know this, that, and the other, and we need everything yesterday, and, and it has to be, and they kind of see and have this realization, and I think sometimes that can have an impact for them to kind of the way they look at how politics is talked about in our country, and so I think there's a lot of things, and, and one thing I would add is that... Um, this idea of showing then students who may be having these types of um, sort of political thought development, right, or maybe who are already there regardless of the study abroad, is how do you get the students um, active in the political process? And so I think one of the neat things that's going on at Franklin is we'll soon be implementing a new curriculum that has a particular required exploratory for all students that's about uh, civic learning. And so the students study issues that are policy issues, and one of the uh, objectives, essentially, of the course is to, to have students understand that if they feel very strongly about that issue, how would they be able to make their voice heard and participate civically in that? So I think that's a really exciting. Now, is that a, a liberal arts course in the liberal arts? Well, liberal I mean, arts? I don't know. It's I, kind I, of in it's, all it's, a, it's an exploratory. So the, there's, yeah, it would be considered a liberal part of the liberal mm -hmm. arts exploratory that all students would have to take a course that fits that general category. Sarah, do you see any hugely positive thing coming out of uh, studying world languages, cultures, travel, that would make the political discourse a lot better than it is today? Yeah, I think anytime you can connect with people that are outside of your general norms and values and understand them, you may not agree with them, there's nothing wrong with disagreement, but being able to understand their point of view and where they're coming from <coughs> I definitely think it could, it's very valuable to the whole peaceful resolution, being able, as Dan said, to respectfully 
articulate ideas and respect other people's ideas. To be human, right? To be human, which is what liberal arts is about, humanity, and uh, which is certainly the reason to study liberal arts, and maybe if more people were studying it today, we would have a lot more political discourse. I think that's a good thing that you, both of you brought up uh, about the political discourse, and that we would be more acceptance, uh, accepting of, of other people's ideas, other political viewpoints, without getting upset so much. And uh, so it's something to think about in the future. Thank you very much, Sarah and Dan. You have been wonderful, wonderful guests. And I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, we'll look forward to having you on again sometime. Well, thank you very much for inviting us. Well, you're very really welcome. It. Thank you for being on the if show. If anybody has more questions about Franklin College or Tom's what, show or yes. anything. What's the website at Franklin College if anybody's interested? franklincollege.edu franklincollege.edu for any of you out there who are interested in a great liberal arts school in the Midwest it's franklincollege.edu uh, we are going to uh, say farewell today uh, the next show and uh, the next two shows I'm going to do two shows live from Havana Cuba I'm not going to tell you what they're about but you're going to be surprised and uh, uh, I soon will be in Havana Cuba and invite you to come back for the next show. Thank you so much. Thank you, iTunes, for uh, making us a part of the podcast program under education and SoundCloud as well. Uh, have a great day, and we will be see all of you soon from Havana, Cuba. Thank you. Bye.